0: So let's go to our Bibles in Isaiah and I'm going to be in the NIV. I think I've got one new King James, but let's go to Isaiah. Do you remember where Isaiah is? Middle of your Bible is Psalms and then go to the left a little to Isaiah. So Isaiah chapter 50 or 60, I'm sorry, verse 18. And if you want one of those little uh, clipboards, you're welcome to it back there and you can highlight in your Bible underline. I'm going to point out a couple of things in Isaiah 60 verse 18 and 19 Verse 18 No longer no longer will violence be heard in the land nor ruin of destruction within your borders Get ready to mark in your Bible but you will call your walls salvation and your gates praise Verse 19 the sun will no, long, no more be your light by day, nor will the brightness of the moon shine on you, for the Lord, for the Lord will be your everlasting light, and your God will be your glory. Your first fill-in, and if you wanna put these um, in your Bible as well, but walls are salvation, sorry guys. Walls are salvation, and salvation is what only God can do. Did I do that right? I'm sorry, did I clip down too far? I don't think this is in order. I'm looking, but nothing's happening. Mo, can you help me back there with it? So if you need a printout, okay, I'm gonna gonna just go to walls in your villains, put walls equals salvation. The next one, gates, will be praise what you do for the Lord. So let's look at this together. So it says your walls will be salvation, your gates praise. You can think of it like as your home. Your home has walls, but you're also, you're also your home has doors. So God is saying that he's partnering that the new reality of him that you're gonna live in is a place where the walls of protection are salvation, which God can do. The gates, which are the doorway in and out, are gonna be praise, which you can do. And then this verse 19 says that the Lord will be my light. Now, I interpreted that verse 19 in Isaiah 60 as that the world has made other things their light. The world has made other things the moon to attempt to light their path, but God is saying that I personally will light your path. We're going somewhere with this. Look at your neighbor and say, he's going somewhere with this. Your next fill in, anything else that I allow to be my light will leave me highly disappointed. It's, it's interesting um, it's sad, honestly. It's sad that people that at one time knew the Lord and have walked away from the Lord and claim to live in a, in a new light, and they don't. It's, um, if you spend any time with just you know, people outside of church, you see that people walk in darkness but think that their lives are full of light. And God is saying in Isaiah that no longer will you need man-made things or creation made things to light your path, I will light your path. That God will be, in verse 19, it says, and God will be my glory, which we remember from our Bible study that the glory is synonymous with his goodness. So if in your Bible, if you want to put goodness next to glory in verse 19, you're welcome to. Anything else that I allow to be good in my life will leave me highly disappointed. Now, Can I say something that I hope helps someone? Because there's a lot of times we think as believers and certainly ones that come to church on a Wednesday, we think, well, little old me, this is just the life I've chosen, a a life that's committed to the Lord. And can I let you know that that is one of the most amazing things that you could ever do is live a life where you declare, God, you are my light. You are my glory. You are the one that I'm going to follow. I'm going to show you something in a minute that I think the Lord revealed to me. That's really cool. Now go to Revelation, all the way at the end of your Bible. Revelation 21. Revelation 21 and verse 21. Have you ever wondered what heaven was like? I'm going to show you a little piece of it right here. Revelation 21 verse 21, says that the 12 gates, now it, this is the New Jerusalem, I don't wanna to get too deep into it, but there are in heaven, there's what's called the New Jerusalem, and there's gonna be 12 gates that stand for something, but look what it says in, um, in Revelation, and the 12 gates are 12 pearls, each, get, uh, each one made out of a single pearl, the great streets of the city with gold, as pure as transparent glass. Now there's a correlation. So if you wanna write in Revelation uh, 21, 21, note Isaiah 60, 18 and 19, because there's a, a parallel that's going on there. In Isaiah, he says that your walls will be salvation, your gates praise. Then if you go to Revelation 21, it says that the gates of the new Jerusalem the in, inward, outward part are made of a single pearl. Now your next fill-in fill is that how are pearls formed? This is cool. Do you know how a pearl is formed? A pearl is formed in a mollusk or an oyster and what ends up happening is a particle of sand gets in there and the mollusk starts surrounding that piece of sand that's an irritation it's, you, you know how an oyster is, it's soft, it's tender. And so when the sand gets in there, it's an irritation. So it starts secreting things and surrounding that piece of sand until it forms around it. So in every pearl, every natural pearl, if you did a cross section of it, in the middle is gonna be a piece of sand. So let me tie something together real quick, and to give you a cool little caveat here, is that God says that the entrance to His, to where He is, is a gate made out of a pearl. Now, have you ever had some irritations in life, some hard places? Don't look around the room. <laughs> But watch, watch right here. Let me tie it together, Isaiah 60, Revelation 21, that the gates, and gates is synonymous with praise, that the gates of our our hearts, the gates of the presence of God are a lot of times formed out of the irritations in our life that come out of a heart of thanksgiving. I didn't know this until I was studying this. This is gonna be a while. Let me give you a real quick pearl lesson. Not a woman named Pearl, but Pearl. Back in the day when they would go, look for pearls, divers would go to the places that mollusks were and would look for pearls. Typically then, let me say this way. Before I tell you this. Do you know, have you heard the word cultured pearls? Pearls, cultured pearls. Cultured pearls are pearls that have been farmed. So a pearl farmer has taken mollus and they have put in sand into, into mollus, into oysters, and they have created that circumstance that makes a pearl. They've, they're cultured because they've been made. It's still a genuine pearl, but it's something that's been instigated by a person, Back in the day before they knew to farm pearls, they said a diver could go down to wherever there was uh, per, there were oysters, mollusks, and one in 10,000 would have a pearl. So I was looking at pearls online. There are some pearls. There's a, a, a string of pearls that I saw that was 200,000 dollars for it. And you can easily, these, these pearls that are just you know about that size, depending on where they came from, they're easily thousands of dollars. And of course, you can get some cultured pearls. They're going to be less expensive because not as much has been put into manufacturing the pearl. Now, let me tie it together. Two things. One is that your worship, your thanksgiving out of a place of irritation, a hard place creates that pearl of praise. But I also think this, and just the Lord ministered this to me as well, is that God is looking for those that will be true worshipers out of hardship. And, and I have a feeling he's not finding but one in 10,000. Because a lot of people's hearts are, are hard toward the Lord. Here's the good news. You figured out that That your heart's not hard toward the Lord. That your heart is tender toward the Lord by you being here tonight, by you watching. So even out of difficulty, and I'm gonna go somewhere, even out of difficulty that the Lord creates something beautiful and creates a gate by which his presence can come through. Let's go to 2 Corinthians. We're going back to the New Testament. I've got a few tonight, will you forgive me? 2 Corinthians 4, and five. 2 Corinthians 4, and five. Am I fighting you? Am I fighting you back there? Okay, do I not need to fight you? Because I can go back to my, I'm okay? Okay, 10. Am I on 10? I see it's one off, I promise you. See, it's highlighted, and it's good. There we go, I am fighting you. I'll just know that I'm one off. Y'all, y'all are a hot mess, which is also how I like my women. All right, the weapons, <laughs> it's a joke, it's a joke. The weapons we fight are not weapons of the world. How many of you heard, have heard this verse before? Okay, I'm gonna show you something in it. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. Look at the next verse. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself against the knowledge of God. And I'm going to, I'm going to say that we're given the reason or the answer at the end of this verse. And we take every thought captive, every captive, every captive. We take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. Your next fill in. When you praise, when you pray, when my praise comes from a place of difficulty, the beauty of a pearl is being formed. That's why the enemy wants to keep you silent. How many of you have ever thought this thought that it's hard to pray, Jonathan? I don't know how to pray. I don't know what to pray. I don't know when to pray. I don't know, um, I don't think I'm good at praying. Well, I'm, I'm gonna let you know you are good at praying. Because you know what joyful prayer is? Are you ready? ready for this? It's deep, it's deep. Hold on to the seat you're in. Joyful prayer is just simply... <laughs> We put a little string on it. (laughs) Joyful prayer is just simply a heart of thanksgiving. So watch this, watch this. So when I'm living in joyful prayer and my prayers start out as God, I thank you for everything that you've done in my life. And then you can get specific I thank you that I'm saved. I thank you that I'm healthy. I thank you that you're doing good things in my life. I thank you you're working out the issues of my life. I thank you you've given me a mind of peace. I thank you that you're good to me in all your ways. I thank you that you're my God and there will be no other. When you make those your prayers, that those prayers are taking the difficulty things and forming a pearl around them. So God is saying that the, my atmosphere is, the walls are salvation, the gates are praise, that the avenue or the way into his presence is through my worship and it comes through thanksgiving. So then when I'm thankful, I'm getting ahead. When I'm thankful, my prayers are joyful. I'm going somewhere with this. I have no clue what my illustration was right there. Your next feeling. The enemy has no recourse to your praise and thanksgiving. Now think about this because remember I said the fill in before us. he wants to keep you silent because if, if our prayers are not prayers of thanksgiving, then he can come in and do whatever he wants. But when our prayers are prayers of thanksgiving, they turn into joyful prayer and joyful prayer creates an atmosphere that the enemy has no recourse for. Because, let, me, let me help you with this because I'm helping me with it. That when my prayers are thankful prayers, something ignites in my spirit. And that ignition in my spirit creates a place where joyful prayer becomes the way of life just simply by me taking the time to say, thank you, God, for what you've done. Strongholds, worst fear is the prayer of thanksgiving from a believer. Now, I kind of skimmed through it really quickly, but do you remember what it said? Let me go up to real quick. I wanna show you, just so we, that the weapons, sorry, right here, that the weapons We fight are not weapons of the world. You ever read that and think, well, what what weapons are they? If they're not weapons of the world, what weapons are they? They're the weapons of gratitude. So now, now that we've studied that for a minute, go back, let's go back and read it. The weapons that we fight are not weapons of the world. The joyful prayer is birthed out of the thankful heart but on the contrary, that the joyful prayer, the prayer of thanksgiving has divine power to demolish strongholds. This was our first day of school and I had two young ladies come up to me, three really, that just came up to me out of nowhere. And three said, one, three, all three said that they deal with anxiety, depression, um, gender identity. Um, and one of them, the very first one said, uh, just very quietly, she came up at the end of class. She said, uh, Mr. Moore, I want to thank you for today. I was like, well, what for? I'm glad you're here. I deal with anxiety and uh, I can't remember how she said, but she said all yesterday and all last night, I was so anxious about coming to school because I knew it was gonna be different, so on and so forth. She said that, and she was very first period, but you have set me at such ease. And it's not me. Let me, let me, it's not, it's, but what I'm believing God for. And I'm telling you, I'm learning this just as I'm teaching it to you, that when our prayers are prayers of thanksgiving, that they're prayers of gratitude, that their prayers are rejoicing, that that when we pray those, that our weapons become different and our weapons become weapons that destroy strongholds, destroy strongholds. Can I read that next one for you again? That they demolish arguments and every pretension, I told you I was gonna tie it up, here it is, here it is, that pretensions that set itself up against the knowledge of God and we take captive. This is the how, this is the why, this is the because because we take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ. So let me put two things together really quickly. You, you take captive thoughts by thanksgiving and gratitude. Now watch. If I take a thought captive by saying, I'm not gonna dwell on, and by the way, another class that was just, oh it was horrendous. 31 kids in there, they were all jacked up on something. <laughs> But that was another one where the young lady came and said, came and said that. But I'll, so I'll tell you what I'm believing for. I'm believing that through thanksgiving, that through worship, through gratitude, through believing God for, not, not saying God fix these people or whatever your prayers might be, but through that, that it destroys strongholds and that when I take my thoughts captive and I make them grateful, I make them thankful, I make, I make them thoughts of joyful prayer, that I make them obedient to the anointing. I, 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 I want to get to where I want to get tonight. Does anybody know where I left off? Psalm 22. Let's go there real quick. Psalm 22. Turn to it in your Bible if you want. It's middle, right in the middle. Am I going too fast? I feel like I'm blazing through this. Next week. Oh, next week. Next week, I found a, a fabric plush heart on Amazon, and I'm bringing it to church next week. Psalm 22. Now, this is in King James. It says it just in King, King James. But do, would everybody agree that, that, that Jesus is Lord and he sits upon a throne? Okay, so watch this. You, but you, capital U, you are wholly enthroned in praise of Israel. Oh, I'm sorry, I meant to go to verse three. No, that was it, that was it. You are enthroned in praise. That God makes His place of power where there's praise. Now let me let me fill something huge in right here. When you praise, let me give you an example. When I, I love the, the, the new uh, Maverick City uh, song, Jaira, you are enough more than I ask think or imagine. So as I'm, as I'm praising, as I'm worshiping, that Psalm says that he is enthroned. So, so watch this. When out of your heart in prayer is that gratitude, is that thanksgiving, is that joyful prayer that God takes a place of authority in your life. He's already enthroned. He doesn't need me to enthrone him. But he takes a place of authority in my life and he starts ruling from that place of authority when it comes to my life. And all I've done is praise. And all I did was praise. All I did was worship. All I did was bow. You see, fitting together? That when you are thankful, he is seated. A ruling place of authority on your life, that there is a place in him that is connected to joyful prayer. Now, this is the cool part about it. You don't have to be some prayer theologian to do this. We all can do this. And it's simply this. I like what Bill Johnson says. Bill Johnson says, if you go into prayer and you come out of it feeling the same or worse, you did something wrong. <laughs> you, you went in and you complained. <laughs> you didn't pray. You complained. But watch, watch, and this would make sense. If I go into prayer... And before I hit my list, I start thanking God of his working power. I start thanking him for who he is. I start exalting him because he's God in my life. I start exalting him because he's ruling king forever and ever. That the, that the, uh, it, the to end of his King, there will be no end. Of his kingdom, there will be no end. That he is sovereign and he is seated upon a throne and there is none like him. He is the fairest of 10,000 He is my bright and my morning. I don't need a sun. I don't need a moon. He is my bright and my morning star. And I make it an act of my will that God, I praise you. And as I praise you, you are seated and enthroned in a place in my life that only you can take and only you can do. Do you see how I can't walk out of my prayer time going, that was horrible. (laughs) It changes everything. I get to choose the atmosphere of my life by who I praise. Allie, if you'll come on up. I get to choose that. I like what Joyce Meyer says. She said, you can be pitiful or you can be powerful, but you'll never be both. <laughs> pitiful sometimes feels good. <laughs> but powerful is a much better way to live. Pitiful doesn't solve anything. Pitiful keeps me in a place. But when I take a place of power, when I take a place of joyful praise, when I take a place of that it doesn't, I don't have to figure a thing. out, God, because you've got all details of my life figured out and you are capable and you are well able to see me through and to anything that you started me to do and everything that tries to be in concern in my life, everything that tries to divide my attention, I set it before you and here's what happens, that he said "All right, I'll take that place of authority in your life, I will be enthroned upon your praise and the enemy is looking for the exits. (laughs) <laughs> he has no recourse for your praise. The enemy's biggest fear is that you'll be silent. Or worse, complain. First Timothy: Fight the good fight of faith. Take hold of eternal life, which you are called when you made your good confession in the presence of many enemies. Thankfulness fights until it wins. Just think about that. That as joyful prayer is coming out of me, that it's fighting my battles. This is how I fight my battles. That thankfulness reaches beyond time and takes hold of God's plan. Now, I hope I made it simple. It's just you being thankful. (laughs) It's just me being grateful. It's joyful prayer, but it reaches beyond time and grabs hold of God's plan. That thankfulness destroys everything not connected to hope. Have you ever been discouraged? Have you ever felt hopeless? Have you ever felt down? Thankfulness destroys everything not connected to hope. Thankfulness speaks the language that captures the heart of God. I believe that he is attentive to everything that we do. But there, I believe that there is one thing that according to Psalms arouses him to battle and it's praise and it's worship and it's joyful prayer because Psalms said he's enthroned on it. Didn't say belly aching. Didn't say me feeling that I've been done wrong, let down, disappointed, forgotten. None of that. Thanksgiving. Praise. I like that Carrie Jobe song that, um, that declares, I know that you are for me. And, and uh, um, the thought of that, the thought of that, or the, the idea in that song is that every, everything pertaining to my life, he is for me. So wait, wait, why would I pray anything different than a prayer that is connected to the fact that He's for me? And when my faith and when my words and when my prayers line up with the truth that He is for me, everything becomes a lot easier (laughs) and joyful. Prayer comes out. Bow your head and close your eyes. I, w- I want to ask you tonight, and maybe those that are watching, what, what's the thing weighing on you? You don't have to tell me. You don't have to. What's the thing weighing on you? What's the thing that occupies your mind? What's the thing that, that I, you know, I have opportunities today, like you did, to live in fear? But whatever that is, make a choice tonight as we close this service, make a choice tonight that you're going to worship your way through whatever that is with joyful prayer. Jonathan, what if it doesn't work? Keep on going. Keep on doing it. It it The word says it is a good thing to give thanks unto God. It's a good thing. So I want my heart, my life to be at that place where it's a good thing. Lord, I I just pray right now over every concern, every situation, and I thank you that you're big enough, that you're God enough, that you're powerful enough, that your plans are without fail, that your heart is for us, that you work things all together for our good, that you are right now going before us, preparing a way, that you have an answer to things that we haven't had answers to for years. You still have an answer. You still have a purpose. You still have a way that your heart is to infuse hope on the inside of us and everything not connected to hope is not from you. So we hold on to hope. We tie a knot in hope and hold on. And as we're swinging from this this rope of hope, we thank you that you're good. We thank you that you're for us. We thank you that love surrounds us. We thank you that our God is for us and not against us. We thank you that that you keep us uh, rest at night and you keep us healthy in the day. Bless your name. If you're comfortable, let's just thank him. You can put your hands in front of you if you're comfortable and let's just thank him. Oh, we thank you for your goodness. Bless the Lord, oh my soul, and all that is within me. I will bless your holy name. Oh soul, I speak to you right now and I say you bless the Lord. Bless his holy name. Amen, amen. Amen.